<laughs> Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, are you ready to slam? Sam, and welcome to the jam. The soundtrack for the first Space Jam movie. We'll just all say. I mean, a, little, a couple problematic people on there. But, uh, <laughs> like, like, you know what? I'm gonna start with some praise, but then I'm yeah. gonna back that it, up because that soundtrack does slap, though. Like, yeah. it's really good. Well, like, it does add. It does add more to it than this the, movie yeah. because you're thinking, okay, well, the soundtrack here is completely there's no memorable tunes. There's no memorable moments where like, you know, you create a well-crafted montage in, you know, the first space jam movie, which is not a great film, but um, at least it has some memorable moments. But to your point, R Kelly is a very problematic uh, musician who dominates that soundtrack. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, but that soundtrack really good. Uh, Today we are reviewing Malcolm Dealey's space jam, a new legacy, uh, the sequel to uh, everyone was waiting for yeah <laughs> starring lebron james don Cheadle, chris davis uh Sonequa martin green jeff bergman eric bowza uh zendaya and many many more uh but zendaya okay. is not michi in this one i just want to make that no, clear she is not michi she is lola bunny why great question but <laughs> well, hey, to your point I, I mean we'll mention this now probably gonna there's gonna be to, a spin-off yeah, or something like that or lola. the idea that if this became successful and they were going to continue it as a then franchise lola would be the one that gets a spin-off which is why that she's the only looney tune with a hollywood actor everyone else is a voice actor yeah not saying that they don't work in hollywood but you know what i mean like not a voice actor. I mean, you you have other people hey, show up in like cameos, Eric Bowser but- would have killed it in Malcolm and Marie. <clears throat> he probably would have. I don't know. <laughs> he seems like a nice guy. He seems like a good actor. Well, so. that's another weird thing. So I was I was listening. I was watching an interview with him the other day um, to clarify what characters he was playing. Yeah, because I thought he did Bugs sorry, Bunny. Yeah, because one of the interviews I listened to was a. Uh, um, a, a CP24 interview for for people living in Ontario. CP24 is like a news station for for Canada. It's kind of like almost, I guess, like a CNN, but in Toronto. Um, but it just does it, like – It's just like – Local news. Imagine word can, vomit on a screen. Yeah, that <laughs> if you leave it on too long, vomit? it'll burn – uh, sort of like a, a permanent uh, impress on your on your screen. God, yeah, that um, channel. Yeah. yeah, but but he was interviewed there, and um, the news anchor that introduced him basically said, "Okay, uh, next year Space Jam: A New Legacy is coming out, and meet the new voice of Bugs Bunny." Um, and he's not credited as Bugs Bunny on this, so I thought that was kind of odd. If it yeah. was like a last minute decision There's to. A- there's Change a bunch that? of stuff like in the notes of this movie, it had, um, you know, Terrence Nance was supposed to be the original director of the movie, but he left uh, during production because of creative differences and Malcolm D. Lee stepped in. Bradford Young was initially the cinematographer, but exited the project during production. Salvatore or Totino. I know Totina rolls. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> like the food uh, was brought in as a replacement. Hans Zimmer was initially com- uh, the composer of the film score, but due to unknown reasons, Chris Bowers was brought in as a replacement. Lola Bunny's longtime voice actress, uh, Kath Susie, uh, who has voiced her since her debut in the first film was initially announced to be reprising her role, but and she recorded all the uh, all the dialogue too. <clears throat> oh, really? Yeah. Uh, but it was later announced that Zendaya would be voicing her instead. So, like, that's a lot. <laughs> like, well, it you shows have- you that they were having problems in the pre-production phase, and even if you look at, again, like 
a studio movie like this, it doesn't really matter. No, but yeah, I know, you yeah. look at the, the the credited screenwriters, there's five of them. And to me, that's almost like, okay, so this was passed down from one person to another to do rewrites and fix things in, you know, even during production. Um, and I think with a lot of those people that you mentioned, if they had stuck around, maybe the film would have been palatable. Um, but the way that it is now and sort of all these last minute changes and decisions, it does also add on to the already vomit inducing eyesore of a movie that is Space Jam, <laughs> A New Legacy. Um, Eric not pulling any bunches. No, I, I. it's one of those <laughs> things where it's like it's not – the worst movie I have ever seen. I still think that there are worse, even animated movies like the emoji movie, which is truly a soulless piece of garbage. Um, This This is is pretty soulless though. (laughs) I would say this is more so mindless than anything else where like, obviously it's Looney Tunes back in action, you know, the logic, not that it is Looney Tunes back in action. That's the Joe Dante movie, which is actually much better. Um, but Brandy it's Frazier. it's yeah the great one um <laughs> but but that would have been like could you imagine if brendan Fraser was pitted against don Cheadle in a game of basketball they, that like, would have been amazing yeah i mean it, anything like any tiebacks to either of you know back in action or the first space jam movie would have been kind of fun and you I mean you get a little bit of that in here but. but but again like even that is strange because you know we watched this movie together and you brought up a really interesting point that Obviously, you thought about this more than any of the five screenwriters, where the idea that in the real world, um, before uh, LeBron James and his son, who Dom, uh, which Dom. There's, there's this weird Fast and Furious family thing going on in this yeah. movie as well. The movie's well. all about family, too. And, yeah. you know, Iron Giant also being in, in the, the stand. Movie, yeah. um, Everyone's in the yeah, stands. But the, before in, they're sucked into we'll the serververse uh, by Don Cheadle's. And why is it even, sorry, Eric, Space Jam, is it cyberspace? Is that what it kind of is? Sure, I guess. Yeah, all right. Um, But the idea that Space Jam, the movie, the 96 version with Michael Jordan, Wayne Knight, and Bill Murray is a film in the real world. Yeah. But then when LeBron is brought into the serververse and basically dejected (laughs) into Toontown. When when you talk about it. I know it's, it's really dumb when I'm trying to be analytical about this whole thing. (laughs) Um, And when he's brought into Toontown and bugs, who's having this weird mental breakdown because all the tunes have left partly because of algae rhythm, sort of persuading them to leave, you know, says that you know this plot sounds very familiar being a high stakes game of basketball that's going to take place in 24 hours and it's father against son yeah um and so it leads you to believe okay well maybe space jam was actually real and if it was like why you know would algae rhythm send (coughs) you know uh lebron to bugs bunny knowing that bugs bunny had beat uh, yeah. the monster squad, the mon squad yeah. in, in the first film. Like it just, it doesn't make any logical not that sense. You, yeah. Not that this movie needs to make any logical sense, but if you do break it down into, again, this is a kid's movie. Uh, part of us, we're going to review it as 32 year old men, but like, I'm still trying and I'll get into even thinking as a six-year-old and who I don't understand who this movie is for. Um, but yeah, you make a great point of algae rhythm showing space jam. Cause he feeds space jam in his algorithm to LeBron. When he's doing this presentation, you see the space jam poster. So space jam exists in that universe and whether even, cause it's a weird thing when you think about it, if you really break it down, cause it can be a movie 
that is real in the universe, even though it was a movie in the real world, like this weird kind of thing. But in this algorithm, he would have known about Space Jam. So then to bring another all-star basketball player, probably one of the best of all time, just like Michael Jordan, into his thing and go, I have a great idea. I'll have to beat you at basketball, even though I and, – and then, like you said, send you to Bugs Bunny, who he would know in Space Jam helped Michael Jordan beat the Monstars, just like you said. is like that is the first step of going – well, that seems like a leap. <laughs> like I just <laughs> or a like, hop why, in this case. Like why <clears throat> that doesn't make any sense. Not that anything in this movie has to make sense because I mean it's about literally LeBron James and his son, you know, having their differences. His son wants to be a video game creator. He doesn't want to play basketball. He's created Dom Ball, this video game in his bedroom, which I feel like anyone who actually makes video games is just going to like smash their head against a wall when they see this kid, like just be like, I just scan people with my phone and I code on my computer. And you're like, who? Okay. Well, even I better is at the beginning, we get this prologue of, of, you know, uh, LeBron oh, growing up in, in the late nineties and, you know, he, him making a decision, a crossroads in his life. Is he going to, you know, to focus on the game games, or yeah. is he going to play, uh, game boy. game boy games, Looney tune games. And he throws away, uh, the game boy, but in a multiverse situation, I would love to see LeBron James, the, the video, video game, game YouTuber, uh, yeah. which I think would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be incredible. I love that old fat game boy. It's so dope so thick it is a thick boy um anyways but then like all the family stuff i forget i lost my train of thought but like not that the movie needs to make sense because it's about lebron getting sucked into a you know a, a computer server with all the warner brothers you know basically warner brothers basement computer server that has all of their films and all their ip and yeah. all their worlds are are there and that and also leads, wants to take what is his plan even his like, plan is to, literally like, to trap lebron james within the server verse so people and, care about him or and something? use him as um, their spokesperson <laughs> i guess because LG rhythm is ticked off that lebron didn't like his original pitch um, again, which do, like it's so convoluted where like at least with, you know, Danny DeVito voicing an alien that wants to enslave Michael Jordan, like the because idea he of, wants him to be an attraction at his yeah, theme park, right? Which it's I guess just, kind of plays into to that a little bit, but it doesn't really make any sense of like what Cheadle's algae rhythm wants to ultimately do with LeBron James other than trap him inside for basically, you know saying no because he wants all his followers right to care about warner 3000 or whatever like that yeah i guess that's it but again we're overthinking the shit out of this because there was a great onion article too that i retweeted the other day that was like six-year-old debating to see space jam a new legacy after negative new york times review and i'm like i feel like this movie is sort of critic proof in a sense um although maybe it's you know i think it's audience proof in a sense because again another thing that we should talk about with the references to game of thrones the matrix stephen king's it mad max even weirdly a shot of um vanessa red not vanessa redgrave but Mm -hmm. like the vanessa redgrave character in ken russell's the devils and you're thinking to yourself 
what six year old yeah. is going to get that? And, and that's even my what biggest thirty two year old is going to get yeah. some of those things. <laughs> and again, yeah, even fans of the first Space Jam, like again, our age, we were the perfect age for Space Jam. We were seven and eight years old, right, or eight and nine years old, or yeah. something like that. Um, we were literally the prime audience for that first movie, which I we had the action this, figures. That, remember, yes. So there was the action figures that you could buy at like you know a Walmart or or you know department store, and then also McDonald's had the tie in stuff as well, where oh, like absolutely. there was the they that, and they have together. that right now too. They yeah, have, uh, which makes sense. And I love, I love, like I hate marketing, but I also love movie marketing and, and fast food ties in and things like that. I was obsessed with all that as a kid. So I got to kind of look at this from a kid's perspective and go, okay, they're not going to overthink it like we are. They're not probably going to just be like frustrated with these like movie, like butchering these movies that we love, <laughs> like by by inserting the Looney Tunes or 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 an animated uh, LeBron James or something, or these IP that we care about. Um, it's just, I, I, I struggle to go, who is this movie for? Cause like you said, some of the references, I think a 30 something year old won't even get, it doesn't tie into the first space jam movie really at all. So you don't really have that nostalgic kind of like, you know, we see in Jurassic world or we see in these legacy sequels where they go back to where it started. Right. Cause they, they hit you with the helmet from the first Jurassic park or the goggles or whatever. Right. Like that cheap nostalgia shit that like, you know, our age and people watching it go, fuck, I remember that. Like, sure, you get a Game Boy at the beginning, but that has nothing to do with the movie. It's more just nostalgia for, oh, I remember playing that Looney Tunes game on Game Boy. So then I struggled to go, okay, so the only tie-in is the Looney Tunes. Are the Looney, like, I don't want to shit on the Looney Tunes, but like, they're not that relevant anymore. They barely and were relevant. That comes into the narrative then. a little bit here, but yeah. but you're thinking to yourself, do kids kids like kids like, these days that are 6, 5, even younger know or care about the Looney Tunes in the same way that like the Tom and Jerry movie was released earlier this year, uh, also by Warner Brothers, and you're thinking to yourself like I I personally never watch Tom and Jerry and know very little about it other than it's a riff on, you know, the Simpsons made fun of it on 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 their show with Itchy and Scratchy. Um, And you're thinking to yourself the whole time, like, you know, this is an era where, you know, I I have a a one-year-old niece and she watches things like Paw Patrol and Peppa Pig. And like those things matter to really young kids and like the kids that are, you know, between six to 10, I, I don't think that the Looney Tunes are, are truly relevant in any way whatsoever. So I'll, I'll take the ball from you and, and, you know, pass it back. I'll pass this question. Yeah. Um, did we care about the Looney Tunes when Space Jam came out? Because like I'd say that movie made me care about the Looney Tunes. I guess I knew of Bugs Bunny and Roadrunner and, and stuff like that, maybe more so than kids would today. Like I guess they were more prevalent. Like, well, I feel we watched, like you inherit some and of we that watched stuff Animaniacs from your, from your and parents, we watched, yeah, right? Yeah. Like your parents watched a lot of that stuff and they would throw that on if they saw it on TV, if it was on syndication, you know, and again in Canada, if it was on Teletoon, they'd throw it on and and you know, it would be kind of a babysitter. Where like I remember like the one show that was on a lot was you know Roadrunner and Coyote like yeah. you know like that yeah, I, that, yeah, that was show on all the time, was yeah. 
always on. And I knew who Bugs Bunny was, like even with yeah. Tiny Toons, right? Yes. Like Tiny Toons and Animaniacs, I guess, were our kind of uh, tie into that that universe. But then, so anyways, that that doesn't bother me that much, I guess, because I'm like, okay, the the Looney Tunes can still be funny for young kids. It's slapsticky, it's silly. Like I guess they don't necessarily need to know them or be super familiar with them to still kind of enjoy that humor. But then when you start like putting them into Mad Max Fury Road and like some of the other the things that we're talking, the Matrix and like all these things where I'm like, okay, I guess their parents or our people our age will get these references. But the people watching it, I feel like will either go, oh my God, why are they putting them in Mad Max? You're like, no. <laughs> or like the Matrix stuff is like, even for us is like that joke. We got a ton of Matrix jokes in the 2000s. Well, especially like, with the scary, now, scary movie, right? Yeah, like that it's just first like, film. I don't know. Is that funny anymore? And then you see them get dropped into all these different IPs. There's the obviously the Batman and Superman stuff in the That's DC That's the universe. one that I think still is probably the most. Yeah, because obviously superhero movies are still still are, so are big right now, popular, yeah. right? Where, but but again, like it's <clears throat> it's strange that the the animation style focused on um, the Superman animated series, which. I guess was popular. I mean, I never watched it, but the 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 show that the series that kind Batman of was animated, Batman, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Batman really isn't shown other than with, within a pitch meeting. And I always find that that's kind of fascinating on itself. Where like Batman is like the one character in sort of Warner Brothers sort of catalog that they only use for movies like they never they've never done like a, a traditional war you know wb show of them of, of batman like he's never appeared like even with gotham like he only showed up in the, like the last episode yeah they always really use like him. side characters and so stuff, right? like it's yeah. just interesting that it's almost like he's off limits to yeah. like any other or they'll IP have the young him. bruce wayne or whatever right yeah but, or, or they'll focus uh, on alfred <laughs> yeah yeah um, anyways, like we'll get into the whole last act of the movie where they throw all that IP at you. But I think the movie, like, again, I just struggled to go, okay, who are these jokes for? Cause it doesn't feel like they're for kids. The stuff for the adults doesn't necessarily like land or, or feel that nostalgic or anything like that either, which you would usually like lean on. And then I think like that first film, like you're, you're ultimately going to compare it to space jam. Again, you said it's not a great movie. We were the perfect age for it and it was fun. And I just felt like that movie had like a, because again, shot on film, the animation style with Michael Jordan and the, and, the and Michael Jordan was like, riding high at and, that point. Yeah. Too, right. And I just feel like, Michael Jordan, a better actor than LeBron James, even though neither of them are that good. Um, but then the other like human characters in that movie you mentioned with Wayne Knight and even Bill Murray's cameo and Michael Jordan's buddies and like things like that. Like I just felt like that movie also had like a even though it was really just about Michael Jordan finding his love for basketball again kind of thing. Like that story to me is like more interesting and more heartfelt than this kind of very shallow, thin, like I need to let my son do what he really wants to do kind of thing. Like father son riff uh, thing that just doesn't work when you don't have actors that can kind of like they knew Michael Jordan's talents. So they're like, let's not like go, let's not stray too far from that. Just have him interact with Bugs Bunny and, and the Looney Tunes. And, and it's an hour and 10 minutes basically. And we're in, we're out. It's, it's fun. There's some, there's not too many references to things kids won't understand where this is just littered with that. And then it takes too long to kind of get going. It's almost two hours long. It takes too long to even see all the Looney Tunes. And then you're, they're kind of just all thrown at you. And then you kind of get this Dom ball 
sequence at the end with every Warner Brothers IP you've ever seen, which just looks like a bunch of extras in really bad Halloween costumes. Like it's they Party all, City or it's, Party Packagers, yeah, like, like attire. It's almost like, like we 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 spent all the money on everything else, which is bizarre because again, like you think Warner Brothers would want to protect their IP and make sure that like they were using the best of the best in in terms of like you know makeup and costume. You see for a these shot characters. of the Arnold Schwarzenegger Mr. Freeze about four hundred times in this, and he looks sickly he looks terrible like, well he is wearing just, a, a a bathing robe so maybe yeah, he is sick. Just, but or, or even the agent smith who's always like yeah. touching like his earpiece and and it does look like they shot it for like five or ten minutes and it's just on loop so like again maybe that's playing into some of like the video game crowd thing but it does like i think it would have been better if the if those character all those characters were animated because obviously yeah. king kong and iron giant and and the bigger ones are and the but, animated characters like yogi bear and, but it's a bad Whatever. Halloween party, and it just it, it doesn't look integrated at all into the the, no, the it all is obviously green screened in Dawn Ball, yeah. And like, the, there's not much to uh, deconstruct in the whole plot of the movie. It's you know he has to beat this Don Cheadle at a basketball game, but then they bring in like even in the first movie where the monsters had to go and like steal the talent from all the and put NBA it in the players in the basketball right? is kind of cool. Where in this, it's like. Oh damn! Just scanned everyone on his phone, and he and has all their upgrades. talents, and turns them all into like half animal, half basketball player people. And that animation looks really bad because I get they were going with like a video game look on them, but like I think the Looney Tunes look great when they're two D animated and and stuff like that. All that stuff I think looks really cool when they three D animate them. I'm like, oh, this again just seems to see like, will people be okay with this? Because we might want to do a CG uh, Looney Tunes movie or something like that. Um, it, it just, and then the game itself just doesn't feel like it has any stakes. The rules are ridiculous. Cause they're like these weird video game rules that they try to explain. And not that that needs to be like a legit basketball game or anything, but like, it's just so void. Uh, even thinking of it, trying to put my mind in as a six year old, I guess that there is some fun slapsticky things where a, a six, seven, eight year old's not going to care about all this other shit that we're talking about. It's just like, is it fun? Does it have some goofy stuff in it? Is it colorful? Like, but it's also too some- long. Like it's, it it's, is, yeah. it takes it's, too long to get there. And then it's just too long overall. It's nearly two hours and it feels like they needed or it is two hours um and it just to me like it feels like this could have been easily an hour and a half at most um and it still would have retained whatever the story and the meaning is and like the idea like you know we, we talked about it like the idea that lebron you know is trying to basically project onto his youngest son to be uh, a basketball player and and to sort of you know focus on the game and you gotta put in the work to be great um but it just it's like his performance and especially any of his reaction shots, LeBron James's <laughs> reaction shots, he feels like he would be better suited for a Tim and Eric sketch. Yeah, like yeah. you could put him into like one of those like sketches where like, you know, he's selling like uh, like he's an auto dealer or something like that. And it's just like awkwardly looking at the camera like because the idea with Tim and Eric is like a lot of the time they bring in people off of the street that they find interesting looking or unique. And then they basically, they're obviously not actors. Yeah. Yeah. And they basically shoot them as if they were actors and tell them or feed them lines and things like that. And the delivery is often very stilted, but kind of funny because it's also weirdly sort of put together in this kind of like, you know, cable television access show kind of way. And LeBron James almost feels like you could put him in that situation. Very straight in the movie. And it's just like, we laughed more at his line delivery and his facial reactions 
lines than we did at any of the actual scripted jokes in the movie. And he just seemed uncomfortable and awkward where like in the few scenes that he's in with Trainwreck, he just kind of seemed himself. Like he just kind of like he was himself obviously in that movie as well, but like he just kind of seemed a little bit more relaxed and really didn't have anything to lose where this almost maybe he was partly thinking like because of what the when, what the production was going through and maybe this was more on his shoulders and thinking like, I got to sort of, you know, really keep the ball uh, rolling on this. And so like, it almost feels like he's more conscious of kind of being a quote unquote role model in this movie as well. Like it just where like train wreck is just like, yeah, I'm just going to hang out with Bill Hader and, you know, shoot the shit. And this yeah. it's, it's not that like, he it's was like, a heightened version of himself in there and here, but here he has to kind of carry a plot where there he's just used for comedic kind of purposes right yeah and and again and i i kind of liked in train wreck that he's very cheap and like he won't yeah. even pay the bill and get somebody <laughs> yeah, else yeah. like and he is good in that but it's like small doses right yes exactly where he has to carry this movie and the emotional stuff with his son just does not work right like anytime he has to do anything serious i'm using air quotes it just it completely falls flat and i get that this is a movie for children so the overall kind of emotional kind of weight of the movie with a father and the son can be very blunt, can be very, you know, it's just very simple because you want a child to understand it and a parent seeing it with their child to kind of get the message. And it's very obvious and it, and whatever, that's fine. It's just having LeBron James do it. It just does not work. And his son, the kid who plays Dom, uh, damn, um, it is not, not very played good by either. Vin Diesel, which would have been amazing. Yeah. Which would have been great. Um, that but there has are to be so many weird references, yeah, especially there's like a line where like, like, you know, he's, he, LeBron is writing the names of his family members on his sneakers and he's like, you know, like you see like Dom, it's like it's about family. It's about family. <laughs> and you're just thinking to yourself, like even Black Widow is doing it as well yeah. a little bit, where like it's it's sort of referencing it, but also kind of pointing out that, you know, the family construct or the idea of family this should be more like the, the the idea of family here should be stronger than than the fast movies or uh black widow but it's just interesting that you have dom ball iron giant and you know like them referencing family, family all the time yeah. and, and, and like it's just it's it's one of those movies where to me like going back to the original one again i think it was more interesting to have daffy duck and bugs bunny you know seek out Michael Jordan instead of the other way around. Like the right. idea of them coming to Jordan to help them, I think is more interesting than having LeBron being jettisoned into Toontown. For no reason other than like, why does he just, Oh, they're rejects is like kind of a meta joke of that. They're not relevant anymore, but, but even then, like, why does he convince them to go to the other universes? Cause he's randomly scared of the Looney Tunes or something like I, I again, I, I guess we shouldn't think, too hard about it but yeah it just ends up looking ugly like even though i like the animation of the uh, uh of the looney tunes in 2d like that last sequence i just can't get out of my head of how many times we were like oh no like and just all the ip that they throw in here that again like 90 percent of it a kid is not even gonna get like they're not gonna know that that's mr freeze from batman and, and robin, robin or they they're not gonna know those are the, the clockwork orange guys <laughs> like they're not gonna know wizard of oz even it's just like all 
all of this stuff that they throw at you. Yes, they're going to Rick and Morty is probably like the South Park of this generation where kids who are too young are probably sneaking off and watching it at their friend's house and stuff like that. So there's like a pretty funny Rick and Morty bit, which is um, the best, I think, joke, joke in, the film. in the Yeah, which is just like that's a Rick and Morty joke. I was just like I watched an episode of Rick and Morty the other day. I'm like, this show is great. And like that's definitely Justin Roiland probably writing that joke in the movie and just like going, this is what Rick and Morty would say in this situation if they met the Looney Tunes. Um, and that joke is is funny and then there's a cameo that is actually you know it's a very obvious joke but it is especially because ryan coogler is a producer on this which is also disappointing because ryan coogler everything that he has done so far up until now has been like really wonderful stuff in terms of you know um sort of reinventing uh ip you know both at warner brothers with creed and even you know black panther and and this it's like when you heard that his name that he was attached to this and he's a producer he's not an executive producer he is a producer on this thing yeah you're kind of thinking to yourself like you know and him also producing judas and the black messiah and like you're just thinking yeah. to yourself like okay like at least there's there's something there because if he's doing this there's got to be some angle that'll make this kind of fun but with all the problems we read out at the beginning it just screams like you know they all signed on to do one thing and then warner brothers came in and was like oh no you actually have to kind of do this other thing and everyone could leave except for him <laughs> like yeah and lebron just, james like yeah, those are the two guys like, that just like we want to leave but we can't we're yeah. literally stuck in the warner 3000 yeah. server verse <laughs> yeah um and then also you think of like the the best version of this or what this probably what maybe they were going for again like i don't know but is the lego movie like the lego Lego movie movie, i think would have been what they were striving to make space jam and it's like okay we can we can but then they don't even utilize the ip in that way right like they don't make them an integral part of the movie they use them as one-off gags for the looney tunes being stuck in other universes and then at the end they're just there as fans like there's no point of even having any of them you just wasted a ton of money on bad costumes and animating a couple like king kong and iron giant and some of the animated characters but you don't even use them so it's not even like they were trying unless that's what they originally were intending to do is maybe jump into these different universes like you're saying with the lego movie of trying to kind of spend more time in each one but you get a little bit in dc you get a little bit of mad max a little bit of matrix where else do they go as a well, uh, i just keep thinking of the like, second one with bruce yeah. willis like that joke was actually really fun yeah and then yeah um and then even something like ready player one which is also warner brothers um, and is also doing the same thing, but it's specifically thing. honing in on 80s nostalgia. Yes, but the exact same premise of going into a computer program, different worlds that are all tied around different things. But I felt like you had Steven Spielberg there. And say what you want about Ready Player One. The book it's a masterpiece the compared to um, this. Space Jam. And like, yeah. it has a heart. It, it's trying to at least kind of give you a fleshed out kind of emotional story, even if it is littered with IP and it uses them in ways that I feel like are a little bit more thoughtful than, and I feel like Spielberg elevates that book because in that book, I feel like it's almost what space jam is, which is just regurgitating it. Just I've used regurgitate in both of our reviews. But that's today. a good, that's a good like, word to use for, for, for the references in ready player one, because I think with ready player one, like the audience it's going for are people that read the book that, grew yeah. up in, in the the 80s, 80s into and 90s, the 90s. Yeah. and a lot of that stuff is being regurgitated now because a lot of the people that grew up with that stuff are making are stuff. making it and also are ha- 
that's their main influence. So it's still relevant where a lot of the stuff in space jam isn't relevant anymore in terms of the Looney Tunes stuff. And then, you know, interjecting it with a lot of the other Warner brother IP, you're thinking to yourself again, what six year old is going to understand the reference or the superimposed characters in Casablanca? Like how many Humphrey Bogart fans are six years of And even their parents, you might, you you go oh okay but like why why right <laughs> just so someone goes oh Casablanca okay that's that's weird and like it's not like everyone's like holy shit the Casablanca universe is in here it's like I I just don't get it I, and that's what I struggle with is like and you can make the jokes about a six year old not giving a shit about any of this but um I struggle just to go I, I don't I get. When I was six, I watched a lot of crap and I didn't care. And a movie is a movie. But I think there are some problems here with the length, with some of the humor, some of the references. It's just like I struggled to go, who is this for? And even when you come from an entertainment value of the basketball game and stuff like that, like, and then I just feel like it's missing a vibe or missing some heart or something, which I felt like that first movie, not a great movie, but just had. It felt, and I guess this movie does feel like the 2020s or the t- 2010s because it is just like a lot of fucking nonsense just on in your front of your eyes, and like it just screams to me like uh, older people writing what they think kids like with like internet and like or they got an and, like, AI to write it. For yeah, them. yes, ironically, like, and that's what this movie screams of is like kids like video games, they like the internet, they like IP, they, they like love Dom. Fran- they love franchises and like so let's throw all of that at them but then loosely have this space jam wrapper on it where it doesn't even really make sense like if uh, like unless you were going to actually tie it to the first movie like why why do kids really love basketball do they love lebron james do they love the looney tunes like I, maybe i'm just out of touch i have no idea but like um it's not even like in the '90s when Michael Jordan, like LeBron, is gigantic. Don't get me wrong; like he's literally, the, like yes, it, but like it just doesn't scream to me like the Michael Jordan craze of the '90s. And then it just screams of people like forcing this at you instead of just being like, "He is gigantic. We need to do a big movie with him." It feels like, well, let's try to write off an IP by throwing more IP at you, but then not even having it any nostalgic kind of weird tie into the first one, other than showing. Uh, the what were the monsters called in the first movie? The Nerd Lux. So like, uh, like you throw that at there. There's spaceships in there. Like there are some little nods to the first movie, but like, why not make it a direct sequel? Like, why not tie it more into the first one? That way, you at least get people who grew up with it going, "Oh, cool! It's like a. It literally is a continuation, or it ties in." Like you could have brought back Danny DeVito. Like you didn't necessarily like. Is Don Che? I love Don Cheadle. Don't get me wrong. Well, like, Don Cheadle just gave one like, of his best performances in in No Sudden Move. In Falcon and the Winter Soldier is Emmy for, Award for ninety eight <laughs> seconds. Um, but oh god, uh, yeah, I. Do, I do too, but the whole time it's like, and you can you can tell that he's he's not taking it too lightly, and he's trying to make it work. Even though Don Cheadle is actually a kind of funny guy when like he's at award shows and presenting yeah. and things like that, he's got a dry wit. But here it's like the material isn't even enough for him to care, and he's just kind of doing the over the top thing. But like it's not 
it's not giving him anything to work you, with. You could have had the same concept because we saw. Here's my pitch for Space Jam: A New Legacy. Like same movie, whatever. It's probably you need it to be better, but like you needed to uh, tie it into that first movie more. And I would have brought back Danny DeVito, and I would have had him as this character from the first movie, but as LG Rhythm. Like you should have just had Space Jam was in this computer server verse kind of thing and something happens that makes him like sentient right or is like his <laughs> like and he becomes algae rhythm but it's the same character from that first one and i feel like you don't even need the monsters or the nerd lux and stuff like that you could have had them in there and maybe they're the minions that are uh, again trying to uh, help out and maybe that's regurgitating the same movie but that's what this movie is doing it's regurgitating it without even well you do get uh, danny devito in this his penguin <laughs> do you or do you get a man that sort of 25 percent looks like a dude dressed up as a bad batman 80 or i mean batman, batman returns. returns um penguin and like god yeah i keep going back to us watching that scene going oh my god it's like the same four minutes looped over and over again well it's and the, like, the plot is numbing after a while yeah. anyways but then when you get distracted by the crowd you're just almost it's hypnotic in a bad kind of way where you're just looking at them the whole time. And you're not paying attention to the game because you're like, and then that's what I mean by like, there's no point of having them all there because again, yeah, to your point, you're just distracted when you have a close up of Don Cheadle or, or LeBron and you're going, Oh my God, that costume looks terrible behind them. And like, that's, I guess, again, a kid's maybe not going to care. They're just going to see, you know, maybe they'll pick out their favorite characters that they see in the background and they're just excited to see them. So um, but again, if I'm thinking of a kid takes way too long to get to the server verse and the exposition there, and then getting to the Looney tunes that I'm like, if I'm a kid, I'm asleep by the time that happens. And like the, again, we go or back check, to or they just checked out like checked they're out, just yeah. bored. And that first movie moves at such a breakneck pace. Cause it's literally like an hour long that I feel like you don't have any time to go who this movie's not too, not very good. And like it focuses on what the movie is about, which is the Looney Tunes and Michael Jordan. It doesn't throw too much other crap at you. It just kind of focuses on that where this movie literally goes Warner brothers. Let's take every single character over our a hundred year history or however long Warner brothers has been around. Um, and we'll literally put every single character in this and reference founded in 1923. So about a hundred years old. And then, yeah, the Mad Max thing, I was like, Eric, your favorite movie in the last decade. I know. Like, I, like- I would be so curious to like, see if George Miller was given the heads up before. Cause again, like ultimately he doesn't, own mad max but it but it is something that he is it is very much his, his. Yeah. yeah but i i would have been fascinated to know like I, I i hope somebody does ask him that you know maybe next year with the film that he has with tilda swinton and idris elba but I, i'm just thinking as well like a lot of this ip like not all of it is 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 artistic but again going back to like the ken russell you know the devil's movie which is a <laughs> controversial film that has multiple cuts that's been banned in parts of the world because of its sort of religious depiction and and sacrilege uh, i'm thinking like why are they putting this in there because warner brothers at one point disowned that fucking thing and it's a great movie um the version it's because someone seen, who worked on it was like oh this is one of my i'm uh, one of my favorites or right. whatever this, or and this like, is this is, this is like a little like, taboo kind of thing it's like yeah oh you know like maybe i can see they're this probably in not there. even gonna re- realize that yeah. i 
I don't like doing this because this is obviously it's not the movie that it is, but I think this could have been a better film going back to the Michael Jordan sort of dilemma of him leaving basketball and wanting to become a baseball player, which is true because I mean, if you watch the last dance and see that, you know, space jam is also covered in that where like Warner brothers paid for a basketball, uh, uh, court Court to be built on the the premises, (laughs) which is cool. But I almost feel like, so we'll wait for LeBron James is the last dance and, you know, 10, 20 years from now. But, I think what would have actually worked even better is that you do have LeBron James wanting to leave basketball to become a video game designer or something like that. It would have been funny. And I think it would have worked a little bit better because like, it would have been amazing. It's like LeBron, what? Like, I know you, you never got to have the childhood that you wanted and you know, you focus so much on basketball, but why are you having this weird like midlife crisis and wanting to be a video game designer? And I think that actually could have been funny. In the yes, same way that Jordan is is wanting to be a, a baseball Just player. Literally give us the same movie because that's basically what you did. But then do what you're saying of like – do partly what I'm saying of just bring back Danny DeVito as the villain but make him algae rhythm. Do what you're saying where LeBron leaves basketball to become a video game designer. That's funny. He, he remembers his love for Game Boy or whatever and like – that yeah i agree with you and then they have this weird father-son plot that just does like not weird it's just very well there's no there's no there's no chemistry between cedric joe and and lebron james like it literally just feels like they cast a precocious child actor to play his son and there's just no bond or you don't really care you're not emotionally invested in in that relationship whatsoever because i mean obviously you know where it's gonna go it's ultimately going to to work out but that wasn't the point of the first space jam movie either i mean his kids were involved when daffy and bugs sort of enter his home which is actually kind of a fun playful scene yeah but this like none of this works like you don't care about that relationship yeah anyways it's we spent way too long talking about this uh it is not very good at all (laughs) um (laughs) i mean i guess if you have HBO Max in the US and you want to throw something on for your very young kid that's not going to pick it apart like these two 32-year-old men just did, then um, sure. Uh, would I say take them to the theater to go see it? I mean, there's not much out right now, um, but I don't know. It's not very good. I'm bordering on a one and a half, but I will ultimately give it a two. Yeah, I – I mean, we've been we've been literally dunking on this thing for yeah. forty minutes now, and I'm do you also have anything gonna, positive to say. I guess I well, just the two the two jokes that yeah. worked, and yes. I do like the Looney Tunes. Like, so do even I. Even yeah. though, like, and they're not they're probably the they're totally fine in the movie. They're the least like yeah. Even Zendaya isn't distracting. Yeah. Is no, is what which you would I thought think she would yes. be. It sucks that you know the original voice actor was replaced in such short yeah. notice, and given the, the thrift, I hope she was paid at least. But like, no, she would have been if she recorded all of her lines. Yeah, but that. It, does scream to me like oh we might want a lola bunny spin-off and we want to rely what is that on doing for zendaya like it's not yeah. like like i almost think of the the way that's like that's almost like putting like a, a a rocket scientist in charge of a mcdonald's like it doesn't make any sense like you're doing them a disservice in terms of like their career and not that like recording you know two hours worth of lines is is much of, of her time taken up but it just kind of feels like well it's not really doing anything to you know, like for you, unless you really want to voice Lola Bunny, which if you do, that's great. But like, do you really? <laughs> um, so I'm also going to give it a two because again, like I think that there are worse animated movies, but like this is something where I truly feel it is going to be a chore for any parent to take their kid. And I just feel that the, yeah. chi- the, the think about the children. What about <laughs> the children? They will not even really get anything out of it. Like I think more kids will probably get 
something out of the Paw Patrol movie that's coming out than than this. But again, I do love the Looney Tunes in general, but I also love them from a grown-up point of view and knowing sort of what the social commentary and references are, you know, having sort of read about them and, and Mel Blanc and things like that after the fact and and now it's kind of like a piece of 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 history of archival <laughs> history and, and importance of, of what the looney tunes are but it's just that they're not what you would think a, a six-year-old would be into yeah yeah no i agree um thank you all for listening uh we have a couple other new reviews we would love for you guys to check out you guys can check out our review of fear street uh parts one two and three actually so we have reviews out for the entire trilogy of fear street films which are now streaming on netflix so part three we just dropped today you guys can go check that out uh as well as uh, a new Nicolas cage film uh in pig uh, and all we made a joke already on the other review, but all three films we released today. For oh yeah, the of, epic rap, yeah, uh, jo- which is also dated. Like it just kind yeah. of feels like that is something that a studio exec, the Porky Pig rap, yeah, yeah saw like an epic rap battle of history recently, yeah. but didn't realize that it's like you know ten years. Too Everything late. in this feels like you know someone who is in their thirties or forties or fifties going, "What are kids like?" <laughs> and then like, well, even older than that, I would almost say like fifties, yeah. where they're like, yeah. "What are the young people?" watching today on the uber tube yeah so anyways check out those reviews and many more right here on untitled movie reviews uh our newest draft of the untitled movie podcast will be dropping soon so go subscribe over there uh to make sure you are in the know uh as well as untitled movie conversations phantom city creative dropped by and eric and i had a great conversation with them so go subscribe to that channel as well uh over on letterboxd untitled podcasts is where we're at uh our hq over there which is literally our headquarters for everything uh, Untitled Movie Podcast where we drop our lists, we drop our reviews, we drop our social links, uh, Eric and I's personal profiles if you guys want to go see what we've been watching uh, and not just reviewing just in our personal time so go check those out it's untitled podcast over on letterboxd Uh, drop us a review if you would be so kind and as always my name is matt rohrbeck you can find more of my work around the internet but mostly right here on the untitled movie podcasts and you can follow me on all of those social medias at matt rohrbeck and I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. So come on and slam and welcome to the jam. That's all, folks.